This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 37 Southern New England Sports Original 1037 WEI. Welcome back. Second final hour of Mirror and the Coach gearing up for the Super Bowl in only what 10 and a half hours or so. It's palpable. The excitement is palpable. 49ers and the Chiefs. But first things first, once upon a time, we were talking about Bill O'Brien coaching in a Super Bowl. With the New England Patriots as an assistant, now he shifts to Chestnut Hill. Huge news on the Heights this week as Bill O'Brien's the next coach at Boston College. Tim Welsh, John Mita Perel, Joe Passarelli behind the glass. Let's go to one of our favorite guests on Meter and the Coach, my longtime partner of the BC Sports Network from Learfield, Pete Cronin. Pete, you're a Renaissance man. You know Bill O'Brien, you love Bill O'Brien, but you also played in two Super Bowls. Your resume is long, my friend. Well, I would have to put uh, working with you probably at the top of the list of that resume. <laughs> well, maybe maybe not maybe not the top, but uh, <laughs> close. But uh, close. nice to hear, nice to hear nice to hear your voice. How are you, buddy? Well, I'm doing good, thanks. I'm doing good. You and I talk for. Uh, a couple times this week, you're down in Florida enjoying life with your lovely wife, Deb, but uh, you're, you're re-energized as a longtime BC observer and BC Hall of Famer. You've watched this program for many years. Uh, you feel like this is a home run hire. Why for Bill O'Brien? Well, I think that this Boston College had to decide, uh, you know, I, my phrase of the week was, you know, BC can ill afford to be half pregnant. They've got to be all in or they're not going to be all in and either the depending upon how that hire went was going to be an indication of uh, kind of what uh, Boston College believed to be their future and the path that they were going to follow because when you consider <clears throat> what's going on in FBS today um, with the portal with the NIL in with conference realignment it is a uh, you know the, the rules of the jungle are changing by the moment and, you know, in Boston College, you know, traditionally is more of a wait and see environment. They, you know, they're rarely, if ever, going to be, especially in athletics, going to be going to be first to do something. They'll watch other schools try things, fail, try and succeed, and then kind of learn from their mistakes and then make their move. But the pressure was really on for Boston College this time to either to really make a decision. Uh, you know, about the direction they wanted the program to go. And it's clear that uh, Boston College wants to be in the mix moving forward with this hire. And uh, when you consider the uh, 
the dynamic uh, that are related to the job. As a head coach, Bill O'Brien comes in here with a, a just a, a very uh, a full resume. Uh, he's had been successful wherever he's been. Uh, like any coach, he's had failures, but that's part of the business. But what he brings to the table uh, based on his experience, uh, the fact that he grew up in Dorchester, he went to he went to St. John's Prep, he uh, went to Brown, played ball at Brown, uh, he has coached here in, uh, in, in in Massachusetts. His wife is a BC grad. Uh, you know, there's so many things that, uh, that really work in favor of him coming back here. He knows what he's getting into, came in with his eyes wide open, negotiated what he considered a, a fair solution or a fair package. And I'm not just talking about money. I, I'm talking about all the, the little things that, that, uh, that go unnoticed unless you are really in the thick of it. And, uh, and he had the benefit of having many people he could talk with who are who had worked here at Boston College, Ryan Day being one of them. So I think uh, this is a this is a uh, a big hire for BC, uh, and uh, and it's clear that they've they've decided they're going to be in the mix. And I think great days are ahead for the Eagles. Yeah, Pete. When you do talk to O'Brien, what advice will you give him to have success at BC? What what needs to happen? Well, I think that it, it's. Uh, I, I'm very, uh, I'm very vocal about the the couple of things that that has to happen. Number one is, I think Boston College got away from what we were, um, and you know, in the, the decision to quote to recruit a better athlete um, resulted in a lot of three star athletes. And the fact is that Boston College is not going to compete with a lot of the southern schools for that five star athlete. So the, the formula shifts a little bit. You want to get athletes, but you, what you really, what Boston College needs to do is they need to get back to the rough and tumble, you know, knuckle dragging, bear, bar, bar, barroom brawling type of uh, physical uh, athlete. Where you know, in, in my from where I where I sit, you know, if uh, you know if you if you're a good athlete, it's hard to play with a broken nose. So if you know you just punch a guy in the nose, you know what happens? He slows down. He's not as athletic. So I think BC yeah. needs to get back more to that type of play, albeit they're going to, you know, they, they have to be athletic, but that won't be their forte. I think that getting back to the, to being a very physical uh, on offense, physical on defense, you know, and those two things are going to be, I think would be uh, my, my suggestion, my recommendation, but we'll see. Pete, uh, great to hear from you. And uh, okay. you and me are really enjoyed your calls this year. Now I'm a frequent listener to the uh, broadcast now that we uh, have gone down the road together for a few years, Nita and I, and then, of course, having you with us. But, you know, what would you say is the bi biggest obstacle? You talked about the little things. You know, give us a few of those little things. We all know that the ACC is filled with monster programs from top to bottom as far as staff goes, staff, you know, staff salaries, uh, the way they do things, uh, admitting players into the program. I mean, what do you think are some of the little obstacles now that Bill O'Brien has faced, will face, and that he needs to solve before he gets his BC back on, you know, on track? Well, I, well, I think the, the, the obstacles are obvious when you consider who would, who Boston College matches up with, but the, the trick I think is Boston College and uh, any, uh, and, uh, 
or any sport, my recommendation has always been, who do you want to be like? Pick somebody in the ACC that you think you can be like. Maybe Florida State isn't that, that team. Maybe Clemson isn't that program. But maybe it's Virginia. Maybe it's Georgia Tech. Maybe it's, it could be Miami. So you pick, pick some place that you think uh, you would like to be like. And, and go there and copy what they do. Don't reinvent the wheel. Do what they do. And maybe do what they do a little bit better. And what's going to happen, what would happen is, because all these schools are really dealing with the same types of challenges. Uh, the NIL and, and, and the portal are, are huge right now for, for everybody. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a, I think the mat, it's a matter of prioritization at Boston College. And, of course, um, there's you, the, the atmosphere around campus uh, uh, with with regard to everybody and all the roles that they play, academics, athletics, administrative, whatever it might be, I don't. I just get the impression that that it's not like Michigan, where everybody is bought into the program. And I don't know if that's the case at Boston College, but we are a wait and see, show me type of fan base, and with success, we'll come by in. I think that those I think the success in the program wins are going to generate interest and excitement and you're going to get more buy in from the university and whatever those little things are, they'll be taken care of. Yeah. And from a coaching perspective, uh, you know, I've always felt like, especially with the timing of this hire, it, it's going to be difficult at the beginning. I mean, you've got Castellano as your quarterback. That's the, that's the one thing that's a plus. And he said, he's staying, you know, keep the guys you want to keep because you got the 30 day window when the, there is a coaching change for the portals, but who wouldn't want to play for Bill O'Brien? I mean, if you want to get right. to the NFL, you know, he's, he's been in the NFL, uh, you know, he, uh, he's been in Alabama, uh, but what about his coaching staff? That would concern me uh, in the short term, uh, you know, understanding that, you know, we've got to get his guys here. I mean, he might not be able to hire some of his guys because they're locked into other places, but I would say long-term, it's a great situation, but short-term BC fans still have to be patient because, it, you know, it, it is an overhaul from what, from, you know, program perspective and where they, where they need to go. Well, these, these guys, you know, Jeff Halfley did his staff a favor in retrospect, because if had he made this, uh, taken this opportunity in Green Bay earlier, they probably would have gone through a traditional recruit uh, hiring process and basically fired the whole staff and retained a couple and built around them. But because of the timing, uh, it, 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 it almost forced their hand that they, they're going to keep most of those coaches, which means you've got continuity in the coaching staff. Okay. And, and that's always been a, a bugaboo uh, with, with, in, especially in, in, in good program is having that continuity, the same coaches teaching the same techniques the same fundamental philosophy. And I think we might see a philosophical shift here in terms of, you know, uh, you know how Boston College goes about things in general. But I don't see that as a bad thing out of the box because these kids who like their coaches um, are going to have the same coaches going into the spring and then into next season. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. But I do see this, some vacancies where uh, I think O'Brien may uh, probably – take on responsibilities as offensive coordinator 
Um, he does need to find a defensive coordinator. He has one there uh, uh, pre-existing, but doesn't mean he can't change people's roles. But I think that I don't see this as a really bad thing at the outset because of the fact that the coach, the players like their coaches. They the schemes aren't going to change dramatically. The terminology is probably going to remain close to the same. So you're going to really shorten the learning curve. The philosophy will be different. You know, I think that I think you're going to see a much more um, uh, a, a more visceral, physical uh, approach to practice, which I believe will translate to, to the way the team plays. You know, they, they'll be a reflect. Teams tend to reflect the way they practice, and and uh, I think uh, O'Brien is going to be a, a more traditional kind of uh, work, really roll up your sleeves and and uh, and work hard, really, really work really hard in practice type of approach that will translate to different results on Saturday. Pete Cronin is our guest, longtime uh, analyst on the BC Sports Network from Learfield. And Pete, uh, a lot of people that are football fans remember your outstanding playing days with the Eagles and in the NFL for almost 10 years. But you did play in two Super Bowls. On Super Bowl Sunday, uh, place yourself. I know things have changed in the NFL spectrum. You talk about it all the time, but if you're a chief now, or if you're a, uh, you know, if, if, you're, if you're a 49er, what's going through your mind 10 hours before the game? Well, it, it, you keep hearing it. It's very, and it sounds cliche, but it's right on the money. Coaches coming into the tournament. Now this, you got to look at football playoff system as a tournament. It is a four game tournament. And teams that go into the tournament, there's a there's a routine that they follow. And of course, you're playing you're not playing on neutral sites, and, you, and there's a lot of excitement that builds on a local basis. And as you as you move through the tournament, single elimination, of course, and the excitement continues to build. The the, the story gets bigger. Um, you know, this, the, the, the the nationally, as teams begin to fall off, the, their interest the fan base interest shift to who's left and it just grows and grows and grows. And the, the bunt you hear it from coaches all the time is the, their biggest challenge is to try to maintain some sense of normalcy, some, some sense of routine. Uh, and, and it's really hard to do. It's a, it's very challenging. And, the, and I believe the teams that are able to maintain that sense of that's that, that, uh, that sense of routine are, are better pre- prepared are better equipped to prepare for success because they're going to check all the boxes. They're going to check the physical box. They're going to check, check the intellectual box. And of course the emotional box is a really important one. And uh, the players have players and coaches have two weeks to work on that one. So the trick is to stay as normal as possible, as difficult as it is. And that's, that's very difficult. Uh, even, you know, 40 years ago, Pete, but imagine it's been 40 years since your last Super Bowl uh, with the uh, Redskins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just did the math. Uh, <laughs> seemed like yesterday and the 40, 40 years. Yikes. Anyway, I had hair then, you know, but that's okay. <laughs> I know you did. I know you did. You were a captain. You were a special teams captain. Uh, yes, you I was. Under yes. Joe Gibbs. But is there a moment that sticks out to you? You know, is something that happened or something that you always think back on from your Super Bowl experience? Two things. I the, the, the question is, would you rather play well? I'm sorry, play play okay and win, 
or play well and lose. And I would rather play okay and win. And that was kind of, I've had a, I had a good game against uh, Miami, you know, uh, but you know, the, the blemish, the one blemish there was Fulton Walker's record setting kickoff return. I was on the field. I knew what he was trying to do and I was unable to stop him. That's, that's one memory. But I also remember lifting the Lombardi trophy in the locker room after the game. And so you've got the best, the best of both, the best and the worst of the, of the Super Bowl experience. Pete, I've got to pick your brain on the quarterbacks. This is everyone in New England wants to know what's going on. Who are we going to take? Who who are the Pats going to take? Who would you take? Uh, obviously, you follow the ACC closer than any other conference. Uh, Andrew Luck, to me, I think is a, could be a, a real superstar in the making. What do you think of Andrew Luck, uh, and what do you think the Patriots should do at number three? Well, it's very Not Andrew Luck. Drake May. Drake May. Excuse me. I'm calling. Drake May. I'm, calling, I'm comparing he, you know, Sean McDonough compared Drake May to Andrew Luck, and so I had Andrew Luck on my mind. But you know, the more I watch him, he does remind me of, of an Andrew Luck. But what do you think of Drake May? Well, it, 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 it really kind of gets back to uh, this is a reset for Boston, for for, for uh, New England, and we all know that the quarterback position is the the position in the NFL. It's, it's, I think it's pretty much the position in football, but no more. Um, uh, important uh, than in the NFL, and I think what they have to do is they're going to. There are some options. Um, Bill Belichick not being in the in the room really changes the dynamic because um, he notoriously departed from traditional thinking. So uh, it's a it's a uh, it's really kind of a it's going to be a matter of what type of quarterback. I think they're going to draft a quarterback. What type of quarterback do you want to draft? And and we we look at these quarterbacks in college football now. You say, well, there are the traditional pocket quarterback, drop back guy, pro style guy, long arms, big arm, uh, smart, you know, physical. And then you look at the MVP of the National Football League, and what was he? He was a quarterback, but you know what? He's he's got a very good arm, but he's extremely athletic. He runs around. He extends plays. And I think it's going to come down to style, um, and that's going to that's from from my perspective is that it's a decision which basically which direction that, that uh, New England wants to go, uh, and I'm not I I really don't I don't know what to, which direction they're going to because this is a wholesale change uh, at a, every level with with the Patriots. So it, 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 it will at worst it'll be interesting. And what about you know, we talk about Bill O'Brien and obviously Bill O'Brien was front and center here in new England. And, but his boss is, is not coaching anymore. Does that surprise you that Bill Belichick didn't land one of the eight jobs? Or did you think he would be selective or it would be hard for him to, to secure a job at his age and for what's happened the last four years here? I think that I don't know, but I just think that Bill wants, uh, you know, he wants the keys to the car and, um, that that was probably not in the cards uh, with uh, with any of the jobs that were open. You know, I think that part of everybody, I think, it, would would love to have him as a coach, especially with his pedigree, his success, and of course his his uh, his ambition to to break uh, Shula's record. And so there's a, there's a you know there's a lot of reasons why Bill should have the job, but I just think that he's a, such a dominant personality that. Um, it may have rubbed a lot of the 
the, the organizations the wrong way. They saw him as as much as he brought to the table with, of, uh, for his for his prowess as a coach, uh, uh, without him being the general manager or in a role similar to that. Although I think they he would participate uh, in in the in the strategic uh, uh, approach from a team standpoint. Uh, you know, especially around personnel, I don't think they wanted him. I think he would be more disruptive in a lot of environments, and and that that really was a was, that was a wild card that worked against them. Yeah, fascinating times on the local college football and NFL landscape. Pete Cronin, you playing eighteen today? I am, as a matter of fact, it's, I get eleven forty tea time. Me, I broke ninety yesterday. How's that? You did. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, it was 93 degrees out. It was uh, so it was. Um... God, <laughs> you're you're killing me. You're killing me. You're killing our audience, no, by the way. It's been beautiful no, here the last no, couple of days, but the yeah, snowmageddon no. coming on 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 yeah. Tuesday. So yeah, thanks. Oh, thanks for that. Just as far as anniversaries go, remember the blizzard of was was 78 was the night of the second bean pot game. So and what's yes. Monday? The second second bean pot game. <laughs> Yes, uh, that's very yeah, true. See. Your friend, yeah, so. uh, your good friend Ted Sarandis was stuck at the Garden. He always talked about that on uh, well, I, the second Monday. Well, I, I myself was going in, and I decided not to, and I left my girlfriend, now my wife, then my girlfriend, now my wife's home, to go home. I drove literally eight feet. I got snowbound in. Four hours later, I walked back in the house and said, where have you been? And I said, I've been in the front yard digging my way in. So <laughs> I, I had to dig my way back into the driveway to park. And that was, uh, that was the beginning of a, a very memorable week, I'll tell you. Oh, boy. But uh, hopefully not. Ho- hopefully you know, things are much better now. More modern equipment. You know, just, uh, you know, the, the, you guys will be fine up there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, enjoy. Hope you break 90 again today. Thanks for waking up with us, Pete. All right, good talking to you guys. Good talking to you, Coach. All right, me. Talk to you soon, buddy. Be well. You got it. Thanks, Pete. Take care. Pete Cronin. (laughs) He's a beauty. Good stick, Tim. Good stick. Plays out of Woodland. Breaking nine, he's good. That's that's not a bad thing. Well, you guys are setting the bar. You guys are setting the bar high, though. I mean, you and Pete and (laughs) my BC guys that I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's like you hired Vince Lombardi. But anyway. Yes, we did. Yes. I think you need to. Need to peel it back a bit, but you know it's a good move by Blake James. <laughs> hey, you know what? Loving it. He's going to win the press conference on Thursday. That's for sure. Four zero one seven 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 ten thirty seven. Let's go to Joe in a car. Good morning, Jim. He dropped. Joe's gone. Okay, he was all set to talk BC, but he's gone. That's okay. We will take a timeout. Coming back, meet the coach. Phone lines open. We're going to talk a little Red Sox coming back. Spring oh. training opens. Oh, here we go. Spring training opens up February 14th. I love it. Valentine's I'm going Day. Out, I'm going out to take a walk. Uh, oh, call come, me. Come on. Only when, it, come only on. when it's over. Only Study when the Red it's Sox over. roster during the next five. Oh, my months. God. Stop. Stop <laughs> yes. the bleeding. Yes. Stop the bleeding. All right. Go ahead. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch this 75 and 87 team. We just lost about half of our audience, but that's okay. We'll get them back. We'll get them back. Such a shame. There once was a time when spring training was a big thing, or at least full summer. Full throttle. Let's go. Full throttle, meter. Full throttle. 
Full throttle with Michael Fulmer. You signed Michael Fulmer. He's not going to pitch this year. Oh, my goodness. Joe Passarelli, save us on Meter and the Coach. Now, here's what's trending. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.